Welcome back, everybody, to a special episode of the A to D podcast. We've been gone for a while, but with the NFL draft being next week, we need to we need to get back and do a a little mock draft before the draft starts. And with that, I am your co-host of the A to Z podcast, Freddie Inferno, aka Alfredo Aguilar. And I am the other half of this podcast, your other co-host, Kevin Zambrano, aka ESPN Zambrano. And wow, it's been how long? Two weeks? Yeah, it's been probably two or three weeks now since we put out an an, an episode. But you know, the, the, <laughs> the best part of the offseason, the NFL draft, is finally upon us. It's like yep. Christmas in April. Like Christmas in April, I, I, I wouldn't call it Christmas in April, because you never know. Well, I mean, it, yeah, that's true because you never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, you never know what yeah. you're gonna get, but you get all yeah. these shiny new toys. Mm-hmm. You kind of get to like shake around for the next <laughs> four months, next couple of months. Yeah, so um, so essentially, what we're doing today, we're doing a mock draft right now. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll be going one through thirty-two for the first round, mm-hmm. and um, we'll we'll be comparing picks, talking about them. The first two picks should probably be the same thing, I, yeah. I assume. Yeah. And then after that, it should be a a, a pretty good like... uh, talk from three <laughs> to thirty-two. <laughs> yeah. yeah All right, be... and um, with that, we're just gonna hop right into this one. Pick one. This it, is this is the most obvious pick of the whole draft. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson and Jacksonville. That, that, not that, much to talk it, about there. There's not much to talk about there. He's the best best prospect in the draft. The best quarterback in the draft. I mean, Urban Meyer is getting the guy he probably wants. If, if Urban Meyer doesn't take Trevor Trevor Lawrence here, it's 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 like it, it, everybody's going to be shocked here. If it's not Trevor Lawrence, it's just it, it it's just baffling what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing with the organization now. Like everybody, yeah, but, <laughs> everybody yeah, and, in Jacksonville better be fired. The whole draft scouting team, everybody's got to go. Yeah, fire Urban Meyer from like there. <laughs> hey, don't even give him a game. Just fire him right there on the spot if he doesn't take Trevor Lawrence. So one should be Trevor Lawrence, two now uh, f- for the New York Jets should be Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, yeah. There is a lot of talk this offseason about if Fields is there, if Lance is there, mm-hmm. but um, we we pretty much assume as does like everyone else that Zach Wilson is the guy. Yeah, and that's yeah. why they traded uh Sam Darnold. Yeah. This yeah. month. Yeah, and if I, if I was being honest, I, if I'm being honest, I didn't think they were going to take Zach Wilson there. I thought they were. I thought they were going to stick with Darnold and stick with him and stick with everything going on, because I mean they were already going to give Darnold an, an opportunity with the new with the new head coach and Robert Sala and everything. But I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's good for Carolina. They made a good move in getting Sam Darnold in and putting them in a system with Matt Rule and everything. So. Yep. Hopefully that helps him out, but it's obvious it's Zach Wilson here now. I guess they really liked what he did in his. Like me personally, I don't like Zach Wilson, but I mean, I think in his cupcake schedule. Yeah, I think he's just overrated and everything. But hey, better thing. Other quarterbacks have proven me wrong, but not like why not him as well? So we'll see how he does. Yeah, and now the actual draft starts now Mm -hmm. after number three. Um, Uh huh. All right, so I guess we'll alternate with picks. I'll uh-huh. do this one first, and then and then you'll okay. say yours, and then pick four. You'll say yours first, and then I'll say mine. Okay. All right. Um, pick three. I I I think the 49ers are gonna take, and we're doing this not based on what we would take, but on what we think the teams will take. Essentially. Yeah. What the teams will take. Yeah. Yeah. So I think pick three will end up being Mac Jones from Bama. 
<laughs> okay. And, uh, and I think I think they're going with Trey Lance. Oh. Yeah, I think they're going with Trey Lance. I know the media has like have has put out articles like, oh yeah, they're leaning more towards Mac Jones and this and that. But I think it's just a ploy and to make everybody think that like they have their doubts about Trey Lance until teams like or maybe like a team like New York who maybe might consider like Trey Lance and all that. But I don't think they moved up to three to get Mac Jones. If you can get Mac they were at what? <laughs> They were at 12. They were at 12, and they moved up to three. So I don't think you, you – if even at 12, you probably had the opportunity of getting Mac Jones there anyways. Um, I don't see any other team other than the possibility of Carolina taking a quarterback at si- quarterback at six. Or, I mean, eight. Yeah, I can't read numbers, apparently. But, like, if you were going to move to three, I think the quarterback is going to have to be Trey Lance. He's looked good in his two days at the, at this, at, he's a great in his two pro days. He's made, he's made great throws. He's been throwing on the run really well. And in one season that he's played, Trey Lance has the same amount of numbers that Mac Jones put up last year. Mm. So like, he, he threw for the same amount of touchdowns. He had the same amount of interceptions. He did everything the same that Mac Jones did in his senior year in college football. In his, I think it was his his first year as a starter, in, I think, at North Dakota State. Granted, it, was, it wasn't an SEC. He wasn't at an SEC school. He was at North Dakota State and all that. But I think, Matt, I, I just think Trey Lance is a better fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense. He has the mobility. He has the mobility factor to, mobility factor to him. I don't think Mac Jones has. I don't. I I don't know. It's interesting because you hear all the articles saying Mac Jones, and then you see mock drafts and everything, and everybody saying Trey Lance here and everything. So, um. But yeah, I think I know all the reports say Mac Jones, but I have a feeling that what's his um what's the GM's name? I keep forgetting his name. Lynch. Yeah, John Lynch is gonna pick Trey Lance, and I, I it's a good pick for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I say Jones just because everyone says that that uh, going to be the pick that that uh that like Kyle Shanahan wanted either like Kirk Cousins and and that his best year was like with Matt Ryan and and Jones has a very like similar build to those guys. I see that. So I think that's why Kyle Shanahan would probably go with Mac Jones because that's what he's comfortable and used to working with, and it's mm-hmm. what's worked with his system. Mhm. Okay. All right. I see there. I see. I see what you're saying there. But yeah. I just. I don't know. It, it could be either either one of those quarterbacks because these two are. I mean, but it's just crazy to see like the mobility, the traction that Mac Jones has built, and just like after just his whole one good season at Bama, and then like his com his pro day and everything just going on. Yeah. Mhm. All right. Uh, pick number four is yours right here. Uh, my pick at pick four is gonna be Kyle Pitts to Atlanta. Okay. The best prospect in the draft. He's a tight end and everything, but yeah, he's. I think he's going there. I think he's going to Atlanta. I think Atlanta's not going to miss the chance of having putting another target to take the pressure off of Julio Jones. They can't. They um and building an even better offense around him, and getting Matt Ryan even more help. Like their offense would be even more, even better with. With Kyle Pitts, because Kyle Pitts is the best prospect in this draft. He's a tight end built like a receiver that runs like a wide receiver. Better yet, runs. 
the guy ran like a four three, didn't he? Yeah, he ran a four three in his in his in his pro day. So like it it it, it I don't see how Atlanta passes on him to get a better opportunity to build a better offense around him and just make even more make their offense even more unstoppable because then they'll have Todd Gurley in the backfield who's who who kind of improved last year had his ups and downs last year but then they have Matt Ryan at quarterback alongside with Hunter um with hate um what's the name of that other tight end they have there Hayden Hurst Hayden Hurst and then you put Kyle Pitts there who can also play you can throw Kyle Pitts there and then throw Julio Jones Calvin Ridley Russell Gage has been improved last year. It just makes their offense even better and even more potent to score and put up points in a division that needs you to put up points because you're playing against Tampa twice a year. You're playing against New Orleans twice a year. And then you're playing against um, Carolina as well twice a year as well. And So I think Atlanta will take Kyle Pitts. Okay, so I, I think that the Falcons are going for the future here and they're going to take Justin Fields. Oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting pick. Because their problem has never been offense. Like, they've been able to score points. Like, that's mm-hmm. not been the problem with them. It's been their defense and, at times, just being hurt, like, a lot. Like, Julio's been hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley's been hurt. And these guys, like, they're just not very, just, like, durable. And, like, they were explosive without pits the past couple years. So, okay. like, while he would be like a great pick he doesn't like like substantially make them better because all mm-hmm. he is is a, a like complimentary piece in offense because he's not going to be the, the the like number one guy and he's not going to be the the like number two guy because that's already julio and then like calvin ridley and why waste a premium top four pick on on what would assumingly be their third option in their offense that that is that 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 is a good debatable point that he'll be their third option in their offense. Yep. Um, and as far as I know, I don't remember Matt Ryan ever being a huge tight end guy. Mm-hmm. I can't really, like, I I I can't like think about any times where where Matt Ryan's had like a top ten guy. Yeah, Tony Gonzalez. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, Tony. Yeah. But that was like like back in yeah. the career, Tony. But he was still like a, like yeah, a very good tight end. And the, and last year he had Hayden Hurst. So yeah. But like it's not just that Kyle Pitts to me isn't a tight end. To me, Kyle Pitts is just another wide receiver. And yeah. You can, and you can throw him in the slot, <clears throat> or you can play him at tight end, and you can do a multiple array of things with him. You can even slide him at receiver, just in, and you know your health isn't with the health and the receivers and everything has been lacking lately. So if you put Kyle Pitts in that team, he can fill in for whenever, say, Julio is down or, say, Calvin Ridley goes down, and he can just fill in at every position. He can just be your – everything. He, he'll just be everything, you know? Yeah, and I think this just, this just comes down to, like, when the owner of the, of the Falcons came out and said, hey, like, like if, if, if y'all need to trade Julio and if y'all need to trade uh, – Matt Ryan, like, do it, like, reset the team. And I think this is them just kind of, like, prepping for the future and making sure, like, okay, that we can go and do, like, what we want to do here. Yeah, okay. I see I, 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 I see how that can lead to your choice. All right, and um, at pick five with the Bengals, I feel like this is another lock here. They should take uh, Penny Sewell oh, they from should, Oregon. They should. They, they shouldn't overthink it and listen to Joe Burrow and say, hey, get my good friend Jamar Chase from LSU. <clears throat> no, protect Joe Burrow. You have to protect Joe Burrow. This guy was the projected number one pick all year. 
until he opted until freaking um or well, him and Trevor Lawrence were like competing for the number one pick all year and then he opted out of the season and everything. But Penny Sewell is the best offensive lineman since prospect since in my opinion since Joe Thomas. Mm. Like he he's he's fast, he's great off the line. His I think his like his 10 yard split was like one of the top out of all offensive linemen ever. So he's he's to me, he's a stud, in, in, but, like, you don't know how it's going to transfer to the NFL, especially that he sat out last year. So, yeah. Um, but I just think Penny Sewell is just is that phenomenal, that phenomenal of an offensive lineman and that good of an offensive lineman. He's coming from a good program in Oregon. It's not like he's coming from a joke of a pro. Like, he's coming from some nobody, some nobody program, you know? So, like, yeah. so – yeah, I and you gotta protect like you saw how under pressure Joe Burrow was the last year. All they have to do, like, like in their war room, is put up a picture that, <laughs> that like, like, like there's a picture right now of like Joe Burrow where, where he's sitting down, and all you see like like on his left knee like is a scar like mm-hmm. like like from his surgery. They need to put a big ass picture of that in their war room. And just look at it every time they think about taking someone other than Penny Sewell. Yes, because if you don't protect Joe Burrow, <laughs> what are you doing with him? He was why'd you draft him number one? It's like don't waste him, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go on. So to seven now. Six, six, six. Oh, uh, we'll go to six now. You go to six, yeah. Which would have been Philly's pick, and they got it from Miami and they traded it to Miami. I say Miami takes Jamar Chase from LSU. Okay. I yeah. also have that same pick. Yeah. Um, Jamar Chase is the best receiver in the game, even though he sat out last year. He was he was great when he was with at LSU with Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson and, the, and those guys. So I still think he's the best receiver prospect in this draft. He's 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 he ran he's he has speed, he has great hands, he has great route running. Um a lot of people are saying that, well, I mean, and everything, everybody's either saying him or um, Jalen Waddle could go here, but I mean, I just think Jamar Chase is leaps and bounds above the other. Like, I'm not saying he's big and big, but I just think he's it's Jamar Chase and the rest of the receiver class. But even though there are good names in the receiver class, though, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, like, like these two guys, these last two picks with with Penny Sewell and, and like with Chase, it's just they're both guys who sat out last year, and so it's gonna be really like interesting to see if they have, like, rust going into this season because, I yes. mean, they, they, they didn't play football for the past year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. And not to mention, you're going into the premiere of everything. You're going into the NFL. You're not going back to college football. It's, it's, it's a much difficult way to get prepared and everything. Granted, they're going to have three preseason games to get ready since they extended the season now. But, like, um, but now you're going to have – you'll have those three preseason games. You'll actually have an off season. It's not like last year where like everything was just rattled by COVID and everything. So now you just have, I'm wondering, like you said, I'm wondering if those two players specifically are going to have that rust to them because it's, it's weird coming back, you know, seeing if they're coming back in football shape, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. And then I, I have picked seven. So Mm -hmm. with, Dan Campbell's first pick, and with being the coach that he is, mm-hmm. I feel like this is the perfect pick for him. And with losing uh, Kenny Galladay as well, mm-hmm. I have the Lions taking Jalen Waddle. I do too. They need to build help around Jared Goff. 
I feel like Waddle is the perfect like like Dan Campbell pick. He's a guy that's gonna go in there and not be like the biggest guy or the strongest guy, but he might as well be like the fastest guy. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna just play in that Dan Campbell mindset of like, let's go out there and even if we're getting the absolute shit beat out of us. We're still gonna keep keep getting back up and <laughs> and like taking out their knees and, and like all of that. <laughs> We're gonna so, eat them like so, a lion. <laughs> yeah, so, so I think Waddle is a great pick for Dan Campbell. I feel like he like embodies him as a coach, but as a player. And I feel like Jared Goff has always been good when he has these these guys in the slot, such as like Robert Woods or Brandon mm-hmm. Cooks or Cooper Cup. When he has that go to guy in the slot, and I think that that will be Jaden Waddle for for him and for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and Jalen Waddle is another he's he's a big receiver in this class as well. He ran he has great speed and everything. Just he's just technically like Jamar Chase in a way, but he has a little bit more height to him, I want to say. And he you like described it perfectly. He's everything Dan Campbell wants in his players. Like he wants people that are going to fight and they're going to play their hearts out in every night. Granted they won't win a lot of games. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. I mean, it's Detroit. I mean, yeah. But they're gonna play their hearts out and they're gonna compete. They're gonna be like a team that'll they'll probably be like mediocre, like what is it's an eighteen game season now. So maybe like five and thirteen. Seventeen. You know, games. Yeah, oh seventeen, yeah. So they'll be like five and twelve and stuff like that. So I mean it it, it, it it's 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 a Dan Campbell pick plain and simple with Jalen Waddle there. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have pick Okay, right and I have pick eight, and I have the Carolina Panthers building an offensive line and protecting Sam Darnold with Rayshon Slater out of Northwestern. Okay, I have yeah. the same pick as well. Yeah, because uh, at here, I would have thought that before the trade, they would have taken Justin Fields. But after the trade for Sam Darnold and everything, I think that does it. That settles it. They, they're going to want Sam Darnold to be thing, and the one thing that Sam Darnold didn't have in New York was an offensive line. And in Carolina – they and, a coach. and a coach. And a coach. Yeah, he had Adam Gase as a coach. So that's not a good coach at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Matt Rule is a phenomenal coach. He 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 runs. He always has a phenomenal offense. We saw it last year. We saw it all his years, and we saw it all his years in college football. So I think Sam Darnold's the perfect fit for this offense. He's 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 great. He has good pocket presence. He knows how to move out of the pocket. He knows when to scramble. He likes at making decisive throws. Is that's where I see him liking. But the thing is, he never really had protection. And Rayshon Slater is another good offensive lineman out of this class. Him and Penny Sue are the two biggest ones. And th- this is a really good offensive line class. It's a really good one. So I like Rayshon Slater here, and he's he's picked up a lot of traction actually. Like when you come to it, when you started the draft, you didn't really hear about Rayshon, and then the the pro day started and everything, and then his name started to take off and gain traction. Yeah, and, and and I mean, like, this is just about, like, making a safe pick, I feel like, because, like, this version of the Panthers with, like, Matt Rule, I feel like they've been very, like, aggressive and going out and doing things that, that, that they want to do, but I feel like they have to go with the safe pick here and build around Sam Darnold, give him that, that like, protection up front. Mm-hmm. And who knows? The Panthers drafted all defense last year. Who knows? They can probably go all offense this year. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, pick number nine. So right here, so I feel like this is like like the toughest pick in the draft for me because there's three possible uh, ways that that this pick can go for me. Mm-hmm. So on my board, I still have uh, like Trey Lance here, mm-hmm. as well as well as Kyle Pitts, Patrick Sertain, 
and Michael Parsons. And seeing with what the Broncos have and what and how Drew Locke has played, I think they're going to take Trey Lance here for me. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have Justin Fields on my board, and I have Justin Fields getting <clears throat> drafted to Denver. Okay, so 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 we both have quarterbacks going here, mm-hmm. which just shows that there isn't very much trust in uh, like Drew Locke there anymore. I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think I think the I think after seeing last year, I think the ship is sailed on him. Mm-hmm. He showed he not that Drew Locke is a bad quarterback. He just he just showed he's not ready to start. He could be a, he could be a good backup somewhere, I think. But like, I just think he lacks. There's a lot of things that he lacked that, and he never improved at him. You know, during mm-hmm. the season. Um, he one of the main things was his decision making. He had a lot of turnovers, and it just continued throughout the year. And so, and he was hurt a lot of last year too. But like, I just think, um, I just Justin Fields is just he, the ability he has and everything that he can provide is maybe giving this Denver team a good help and giving Vic Fangio a good help. I mean, Vic Fangio has a great defense there. He always wherever he coaches, he has a great defense, and so. Justin Fields is – I don't know if they're going to, like, start him from the get-go. But I think maybe they give him some time and then have him sit. I guess you don't want to sit behind Drew Locke, but, I mean, um, you can sit him behind Drew Locke for a little bit, have him, and then maybe when you start going off the rails a little bit, then put slide in Justin Fields and see how he takes over, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, in, in my instance, it's like Trey Lance. And sitting behind Drew Locke isn't probably the best thing. Yeah, but um, I I I I'm sure that Gary Kubek is still there in Denver, not as a as a prominent coach, but as a guy that kind of helps with the quarterbacks and the offense. And Gary Kubek's always had very good quarterbacks, like they can run a strong like uh a strong offense based off of the play action. Yeah, and so I feel like Trey Lance is probably one of the best picks there. He's a, he's a guy that's very like athletic. He looks like a tight end playing quarterback. And I feel like with a Gary Kubiak type offense there, like it could really, really benefit him having Trey Lance being there. Plus, um, although Justin Fields played at uh, Ohio State these past couple of years, mm-hmm. um, I trust Trey Lance more in a cold environment like Denver because he's coming from North Dakota State. Um, and Fields is also just a, a like Southern guy. He's, He's from Georgia, and then also here in in, in my mock draft, Fields is already gone, so Trey mm-hmm. Lance is the best quarterback available here. Yeah. So I I really like Trey Lance to the Broncos. I hope that they can build around him, I and mean, they're still gonna have like Noah Fant there. Mm-hmm. Well, Sutton's gonna be there, so like he, he's gonna have weapons there. He's gonna I have hope, weapons there too. Yeah. I hope they take it slow with him and let him come up and like develop, because I feel like if they throw him in there. Like week one. Oh yeah, he's gonna. Like we don't know how it's gonna be. Yeah, and that that's been the problem with Denver and their quarterbacks. They just throw them right into the flames and right away, and they think they can handle it. And I mean, let's go look at their past quarterbacks they took in the first round and yeah. see how it's turned out. They had Paxton Lynch, and that didn't work out at all. And that guy's out of the league now. Then they mm-hmm. took Drew Locke, and they threw him right into the flames and everything. And they didn't take their time with him. And now look at what's going on with him. So I hope they take. I like like you said, Drew. Um, Drew Locke is is the best option there, but like to learn behind. But I mean, you you just gotta give just give him his just give either Justin Fields his time. Well, I have Justin Fields. So you have 
yeah, Trey Lance. Just give them their time and let them develop and actually get get like their reins in the game and get going and then have them go. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who is pick ten? Is it me it or you? Is the pick ten would be me. Okay. And I have the Dallas Cowboys picking Patrick Sertain the second out of Alabama. Their one weakness last year was their secondary defense. Yes. And their sec and their defense was just dreaded. And Patrick Sertain is the best DB in the draft. He then is probably one of the best defensive prospects in the draft. He's his his watch. He's a DB from Alabama. What what else do you need to hear? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> and and um like like he is by far like the best corner in this draft. And mm-hmm. to get him at pick ten is a great value. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Cowboys should make that pick for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the yeah, yeah, especially that, especially after seeing their defense last year, they hit on Trayvon Diggs last year. Trayvon Diggs is a good corner, but they need they need help on the other outside. And Patrick Sertain is not just that; he's versatile. He can play safety, he can play corner, he can play nickel. So you can put him anywhere in the secondary, and he'll still be a big impact player. So, and he's he he was the best player for them last year. He was their MVP last year and everything. So. He, he, the Cowboys can't miss out on a chance to build not only just like to help out their secondary, but a player who can be that defensive captain in their team and everything and for them. All right, and um, so here's my curveball because in my, on my draft board I still have the the best offensive guy on in this draft still, oh. here, which is Kyle Pitts. Oh. And Jerry Jones is not going to pass up Kyle Pitts if he, he's there. Yeah, if Re- he's there, of course he's not going to pass him up. There's just no way. If Pitts is there, which is what it's looking like on my board, mm-hmm. Jerry Jones is going to take him because Jerry Jones is going to be like, all right, we got Zeke, we got uh, Amari, <laughs> we got um, – who's the other guy from Bama? Um, um, they got Zeke, they got Amari, they have um, – uh, they got a C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, yeah. Yeah. So and like, then I feel like the one place where they lack is at tight end. Tight they end. had like so many drops there last year. Mm-hmm. And if he's here, Jerry Jones is not gonna pick defense over college. Yeah. Jerry Jones wants yeah. his shiny new toy, wants his shiny new car, right, right, right into the the, the gigantic just like garage that's <laughs> that is that is Cowboy Stadium up there. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Jones, if he's here, Kyle Pitts will be the pick. Yeah, like like you said, and you know Jerry Jones loves his money. Like, come on. Yep. But like, yeah, and he's got to give his weapons for Dacky, you know. Like, yeah, he's got to give his things for Dacky. So I get that one, and so yeah, hopefully Jerry. If, if Jerry has Kyle Pitts, I know he'll take Kyle Pitts. That's that, that's a lock. Like everybody will know he's gonna take Kyle Pitts there. Mm-hmm. He, he he he's not gonna miss out on the opportunity to just have Kyle Pitts there for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, so I have pick eleven, which mm-hmm. is the Giants. Yep, and. Um, this is a a a really like middle of the pack team. They started off really bad last year, and they came on late once they got mm-hmm. used to to the coaching of like Joe Judge. And I think the pick here, shut up, computer. <laughs> and I think the pick here would have to be, uh, well, well, for me on my board is uh Patrick Patrick Sertain the second. Okay, yeah, Patrick Sertain there. Okay, best yeah. player. Yeah. Available yeah. at that point in my mm-hmm. board, so mm-hmm. I feel like he would be the pick. Yeah, and he's just, and for me, 
I think they're going to help out the offense even more. And I think they take Devontae Smith Devontae out of Smith. Alabama. Out okay. of Alabama and build that offense even more because they added um they added Kenny Galladay along with a returning Saquon Barkley along with um who's who's the other who's that tight end that went to the dang Pro Bowl this year Evan Ingram Evan Ingram and their offense is just what do you need more another receiver who had who was probably one of the best receivers last year in college football and Devontae Smith. Put him there, put him in the offense, and have him have all reins, have have him go. Like Joe Judge has got to be able to get him going here. If they don't get it going, then you know it's Daniel Jones's fault. Joe Judge isn't good enough. So just just start it all over. <laughs> you have to. It's good. It's gonna suck to start all over at quarterback for the Giants. But I mean, if this isn't the year to build a good offense, this is their chance for it with Devontae Smith there. Yeah, and I mean like. Mm-hmm. That's a fair pick too. I mean, like, like mm-hmm. get him, like get Daniel Jones's weapons. See if Daniel Jones is the guy still. Because yeah, they, they need to figure out if he is going to be their quarterback moving forward. So, mm-hmm. yep, yep, yep. All right. Um. Uh, now moving on to pick twelve. I have the Eagles taking J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. Now J.C. Horn is a very interesting pick but he's been one of the most up-and-coming cornerback prospects, and the Eagles have been dying for a cornerback since they signed and failed on Namdi Asamoah. So, I mean, <laughs> they've been praying for a good corner since since then. They haven't had a good one. Like, can you name me a good cornerback from the Eagles in these past years? And, like, it, it Jalen Mills has been the good one, but he's he's basically been their safety, and now Jalen Mills is gone. He's left that secondary. Um, but, like, it's – the Eagles are, are just in deep crap right now. Like, they're in cap hell from Carson Wentz's contract getting rid of that. You don't know what you're going to get from uh, Jalen Hurts this year. You got Joe Flacco there. Like, it, it's obvious this team is pretty much all in the tank and probably looking to rebuild and everything. So, I mean – just taking the safe bet and going with JC Horn, who's the best player in your, in the the best person available here, is just is just good for them and going from there. Yeah, and and that's also why they they decided to like move back from six to twelve is to pick up those extra picks to so so that way once they get to once they get to next year and the following years they're ready to to go with straight draft picks and how to rebuild this team because this mm-hmm. year. It's essentially uh, like punted on year because of the Carson Wentz trade and all the did cap space that that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like it, it, it's just a tank year really for them. So that's what I would suggest they do. And uh, for me, for the Eagles, since this guy is still on my board, I would have them take Devonta Smith here mm-hmm. because yeah. they can never get any good wide receivers there. They struggle at wide receivers so much. To where Greg Ward, former U of H star quarterback, was their best wide receiver <laughs> last year. Oh man, they can't pass up our wide receiver. But I mean, like they, all the good receivers are gone. Yeah. So uh, for the Eagles here for me on my end. Yeah, on, on my board it's uh, Devonta Smith, but mm-hmm. that's assuming that he's there. Yeah, that's assuming if he's there. Yeah, if he's there, then yeah, the Eagles will take. That that that's what I say too. If 
if he's there, um, I think the Eagles will take him. But that's the thing if he gets there because there's plenty of teams who need receivers this year and and it's it, it's gonna be pretty it's gonna be it's it's gonna be like a sign of good luck that he foul that he that he falls to them there at twelve. If it's if for any good people in Philly, if anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um so I have pick number thirteen. Mm-hmm. And this I think is where the third best O tackle comes off the board, Christian Darisaw. Mm-hmm. Virginia Tech. Yep. Tech Justin Herbert. Don't let him become what Joe Burrow became last year. Yep. Just get that guy, somebody on the on the edge to protect his blind side. Yeah. Please. Exactly. Yes. Get get somebody to protect Justin Herbert because Justin Herbert was just a surprising choice. Was just like a surprising player last year. Like nobody expected him to be good. Like I was writing him off. I thought he was going to be bad, but he proved everybody wrong and just showed how good he is. So. The, what's the one thing you can do is protect your best play, you protect your best asset. So protect your quarterback and go with, go with Derrishaw here. Derrishaw is versatile. He can play offensive tackle. He can play left tackle, right tackle, guard. He's versatile all over the offensive line, which makes him such a good piece and a good pick here for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, like that's just like protect your quarterback. Yeah. Protect your quarterback. Protect your quarterback. That's all you got to yeah, do. That's all you got to do in this league. Give me one second. I'll, I'll be right back. Yeah. All right. Yep. All right. And with him taking a little break right here, we're going to be going over these former picks that we just had. So on my end, I had going from one through 10, Trevor Lawrence first to the Jaguars, Zach Wilson second to the Jets, Mac Jones number three to the 49ers, Justin Fields number four to the Falcons, Penny Sewell. Number five to the Bengals. Jamar Chase, number six to the Dolphins. Jalen Waddle, number seven to the Lions. Rashawn Slater, number eight to the Carolina Panthers. Trey Lance at nine to the Broncos. And Kyle Pitts at 10 to the Cowboys. Um, From here, I feel like the one pick that might have slipped too much is Kyle Pitts. But it also depends on what people need in this draft. And I think quarterback is the premier position. In the NFL, I mean, I don't think it is It is the premier position. So I feel like if teams think they have a franchise quarterback there for them, they should take them, which is why I had the Falcons taking him. And then at that point, it comes down to protecting a quarterback if you have it. So Penny Sewell, he has to go there at five to protect uh, Joe Burrow. And then when you already have quarterbacks like the Miami Dolphins, they have Tua and the uh, – and, and the Lions, who traded for Jared Goff, who's on a pretty big contract. You go and you give them weapons and wide receivers like Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle. I feel like they will both benefit in those systems. Um, the Dolphins also do have Will Fuller this year, along with uh, Devontae Parker and along with Mike Gusecki. But I feel like Jamar Chase will be the number one guy there with Will Fuller in the slot, most likely, or on the outside for the number two guy. So that Dolphins pick is the real toss-up pick. And then coming in at 13, we have Darius Hall going there. Alrighty. I'm back now. Okay. Okay. So we're at 14 now, right? Yes, sir. And here's my first curveball of the draft. At 14, I have the Minnesota Vikings taking Mac Jones at quarterback from Alabama. Oh. Yep. They have basically... You see Minnesota starting to plant the seeds of a rebuild. Um, 
this is, I guess this is like the last prove it year for them with, um, what's their head coach's name? I keep forgetting. Uh, coach Zimmer. With, Zimmer. With Zimmer at head coach. This is their last year to go out and prove it and see if this team can actually have a playoff run in them. Because last year, everything was just falling apart. There was rumors of them trading Kirk Cousins and the possibility of them just starting the rebuild now and everything. So I think this is Mac Jones falls to them here. If Mac Jones, well, Mac Jones is falling for me. He hasn't fallen for you because you took him at three. But like, I mean, Mac Jones falls to him, them here at 14. He can learn behind Kirk Cousins and eventually learn how the game works. Like he's a good quarterback to learn behind. Kirk Cousins isn't bad. He's no like Trey Lance. I mean, no uh, Drew Locke there. So like he's better than that. And so put him to learn. And then when it's, if the season doesn't go well for you, you can have the possibility of trading Kirk Cousins, getting assets in for him for his and everything, and then having the the possibility of moving and having Mac Jones become your starting quarterback there in Minnesota. Yeah, and that's probably the biggest curveball here because mm-hmm. I, I I have him off the board at three, mm-hmm. and then you have him at fourteen, mm-hmm. and man, it's just like. Can the Vikings afford to rebuild right now when the Packers are guaranteed the best team to be in the NFC North? Mm-hmm. But then you have still the Lions are still like rebuilding, and the Bears still don't don't have a quarterback. So I feel like this is still like I feel like this is still prime time for the for the Vikings to be in for this year mm-hmm. to try and get into the playoffs. And once you're in, then like anything can happen. Once you're in, so mm-hmm. I feel like at this point you still go best available, which for me is JC Horn. Mm-hmm. Um, just like shore up the defense, make sure that you can still play defense, and then you go from there and just kind of hope for the best once you get into the the, the latter part of the season. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, uh, and then it like that's just with me. It just Mac Jones just falls there. Like I mean, he's probably the best player there take the best yeah. I think that's what the Vikings are looking at going into this draft just taking the best available that's there and yeah helping, and hopefully helping the hopefully they can play a good part in helping your team like JC Horn is a good pick there because their secondary was really was wasn't really a strength last year and JC Horn could help that defense out a lot mm-hmm. and um, I picked 15 which is the Patriots one of the tougher picks in here because many people believe they're going quarterback. There's none left on any of our boards, I believe, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that the good quarterbacks, yeah. There's quarterbacks, yeah. but the good yeah. ones are gone. <laughs> yeah, like, like all the first-round quarterbacks. Yeah, all the first-rounders are gone in mind. So, I think they go to their next biggest need. I think this pick is very similar to the pick that Bill Belichick made 13 years ago when he took uh, Gerard Mayo in the first round. Mm-hmm. And I think he will take Micah Parsons here I to agree. lead and anchor his defense. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the one thing that Bill Belichick always builds his team on? It's defense. Mm-hmm. His defenses are always good. He added to that in the offseason. He made his offense even better this offseason. And, and you're getting back Dante Hightower, who's a great linebacker, and you need to put somebody next to him. Or maybe put somebody in that third spot to play next to Collins, to play next to John. Um, I forget his name. Yeah, Collins to play next to Collins. Not Landon. Landon is a safety. Um, but to play next to him and make that linebacker core even better and even more phenomenal, and make your defense even more stout. Having 
guys like Stefan Gilmore and then having JC Jackson on the other side and then having Micah Parsons with Dante Hightower and then having those, it's just crazy to think what the Patriots did this offseason. Like mm-hmm. it, it makes them even better. So like I think that's what Bill Belichick is looking to do. I think Bill Belichick is saying, screw it. We'll just play with Cam Newton, try to score on our defense. And then adding with Micah Parsons, it makes their defense even more better because Micah Parsons is a great linebacker. He he reads the game so well. He, and he's coming from a good program in Penn State where they play in the Big Ten and everything. So um He's he's he to me is a good he's a he's a solid fill for that defense when they need it. Yeah, and and I feel like he's one of the better prospects in the draft, and for him to fall this far just just means that there's a strong like em, like emphasis on on, on quarterbacks mm-hmm. and on most of the the, the like skill spots like receiver yeah. and and cornerback. Mm-hmm. And it shows how lackey these teams were on offense this year. Like, mm-hmm. and it shows how it, not only that, how deep this draft class is with talent. Because Michael Parsons would be a top 10 pick in any other draft. This guy is ridiculous. Like, if you put Michael Parsons in last year's draft, he's he's obviously going ahead of, in my opinion, he's going in front of um Simmons. Simmons. I think he's going ahead in Simmons, in my yeah. opinion, because Michael Parsons is that 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 type of freak athlete, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then I'm at – we are at now at pick 16 with Arizona, and I think Arizona address another need, and they go on defense, and I think they take – oh, this one's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to say – oh, man. I'm going to say Kayla Fairley out of Virginia Tech. Okay. Yeah, fairly is, is I would I was thinking of going with also um the one out of Northwestern, the Greg Newsom. But I think Fairley's the better cornerback here. Um he he he's he played he he had a pretty good season there. He's the third best corner in my opinion. Him and Newsom are like di- dogging it out for like who's the third best corner in this draft. It's it's of course it's Sertain and then um JC Horn and then whoever's up next, you know. Um I think Kayla Ferry is that guy. He, he ran a pretty good 40. He has he has decent coverage. He's going he he's coming from a weird conference in the ACC, but like I think I think he can he he plays good coverage plain and simple. So a lot of these is just it's just question marks, you know, but like I think I think Arizona needs help defensively plain and simple. They just lost Patrick Peterson in their secondary. So um Caleb Ferry would be that pick there and help to help fill out that need right there at corner, you know. Yeah, and um, he was at a time the number one cornerback in this draft, but sitting out last year didn't. To me, it it like didn't help him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like like he is the best player available at this point, which is why I think the Cardinals are also taking him there at sixteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right, now we come to pick number seventeen with the uh the I was about to say Oakland Raiders, the Las yeah, Vegas Raiders. <laughs> And man, it's just so their 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 normal pick here, which normally would be a fast cornerback or receiver, is not here. So yep, not there. They're yeah, so um, <laughs> it's a little bit harder to, to <laughs> it, it's a little bit harder to pick this, but I because I don't think they're fully in on Derek Carr still, but mm-hmm. there are no quarterbacks here either. Mm-hmm. So I don't think so. Either. I think they built up their O line, which they traded all five starters or cut all five starters this offseason. Yep. 
And they take Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. I would agree with that. He is the best O-line prospect left on the board right now. Mm-hmm. He, he He's played all across the, the offensive line. And I think he'll plug, he'll pretty much plug and play at this point. Um, he can be a, a really good right tackle for them. And anytime that you can get a premier player at a premier spot, like an offensive tackle spot, you take that guy, especially mm-hmm. at pick 17. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, this offensive tackle class is stacked with talent. And Tevin Jackson is another one. He, um, He's he's super he's stupid strong. That's the one thing everybody's saying about him. And how do you replace Trent Brown? Um, you 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 get Tevin Jenkins, who has a nasty attitude to him as well. So like, he's basically a good fit for the Las Vegas Raiders. He has that nasty attitude that Jack uh, that John Gruden has from all his players. Knock on wood, if you're with me, and this and that and this. So I think Tevin Jackson's the perfect fit for this team. Um, he comes from he played well at Oklahoma State, so it's just it, it it just comes to like the run of the mill here and what you want. And granted, knowing the Raiders, John Gruden is gonna surprise us and just find somebody we never heard of and draft them like like what they've done with these past two drafts. So like, <laughs> um, I'd be surprised if they don't fix their offensive line issues here, and Tevin Jackson is there and they don't draft an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like that's just like like their safe pick. Like, take him, protect their car. Like mm-hmm. we said earlier, protect protect the quarterback, protect the quarterback, protect the quarterback. Yeah, that's, protect the, that's the main position in the league is the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. righty, now we're on to pick eighteen, and Miami is up again, and luckily they get probably the best edge rusher in Jalen Phillips from Miami. They keep okay. the hometown boy. Um, Jalen Phillips is probably the best edge rusher in this draft. He was he was the projected top ten at the beginning of the year, but I guess he was just rattled by it. There is just it's a it's it's a very good. He he, he played really good. He's there. Everybody's saying he's like the total package. He has speed. He has strength. He's great off the edge and everything. So, um, I like Jalen Phillips a lot, uh, but he has had a bad. His availability has been his limitations. You know his medical history. He's had bad. He's always had injuries. He's been hurt a lot. So, but when he's been healthy, he's played well. So, and plus Miami just lost Shaq Lawson. They traded Shaq Lawson, right? To the Texans, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, they traded Shaq Lawson. So, how do you replace him? You replace him with Jaden Phillips, who does the exact same thing that Shaq Lawson does, but I think is a little bit faster than what Shaq Lawson is. And and also, for, for those of you who actually watched the draft, I don't be surprised if Jaden Phillips comes off earlier than mm-hmm. – pick 18 because he is the best edge player in this draft mm-hmm. and to see the first edge guy go at 18 which is like this is the same place where i have him going mm-hmm. but like edge players are usually like top five picks like yeah like, you're getting these guys early on so this yeah. just goes to show that a lot of teams are prioritizing offense in this draft because of how protected offense is now mm-hmm. and having five quarterbacks go in the first in, in the first like 15 picks mm-hmm. along with like four or five receivers as well a generational yeah. tight end, and then three like offensive linemen. Like, like, like this is just shown that this is an a fully loaded offensive class here at the mm-hmm. top of the first round. Oh yeah. So, so him going eighteen is nothing against him. It just goes against. It, it just goes to show what teams are, what teams are are needing moving forward, and he is a great player. It, and this is hoping that he's healthy because that's been his biggest thing. Is that when is that. When he's played, he's been great. But when he's not played because he's been hurt, he's had like 
different things such as like uh, a, a history with like concussions. Yep. Uh, ankle problems, wrist problems, which are all very important things to an, an edge rusher is being able to, to use your hands and then using your feet to be explosive off the snap. So hopefully he's fully healthy and he's ready to go for the for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like he, just his injury problems has been. Like I said, his his injury problems have been his his limitations really. So, um, and so it it just goes from there. Um, but yeah, I I Jalen Phillips. It, it just it's just so crazy to think like like players like Micah Parsons and Jason Phillips are falling into like fifteen and eighteen, and these guys would be like top. Five picks, if anything, if they were in different drafts, if offense was such a such a big need in their draft. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um, with that, we're on to pick number nineteen, which is my pick for the Washington Football Team. Mm-hmm. And this is a a little bit of a tough one. Yeah, it, this is a very tough pick because they're at a crossroads where they were a solid team last year with a very very strong defense. Mm-hmm. I feel like they need another weapon to pair with um, Terry McLaurin, but mm-hmm. there's no receiver here at 19 that they could probably want. I mean, they traded; they did get Curtis Samuel in the offseason. So. That's true. And I feel like they're, they're pretty set in the backfield as well. Mm-hmm. So this comes down, I think, to beefing up their defense or to beefing up their, their offensive line. I think this is too early for an interior lineman, mm-hmm. but – I think they pick uh, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Oh, man, that's the name I didn't want to hear. So so I I see him coming off at 19. To me, it's a toss-up between him and Zayvon Collins. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they go with the guy who played at a bigger school because there's most likely more tape on him and there's better tape on him. Yeah. When you're you're comparing two guys and it comes down to a guy from a – like and and as much as people give shit for like Notre Dame players and the school as a whole, like they still play for the most part against top tier competition, and they did and they were a a top four team this year. Whereas Tulsa, I mean, like you have very iffy com- like competition there when you're playing in the um, American Conference. I want to say is what they're in. They're, they're either in that or the Conference USA. And when you're picking this high up in the first round, well, not high up, but this early on in the draft, I think you go with the safer pick, but also a guy who has a lot of potential. So that's mm-hmm. why I have uh, JOK going here to, at 19 to the Washington mm-hmm. football team. Um, and um, JOK is the pick. I would love him to fall to maybe like 28, you know? That'd be <laughs> the, like the pick to go to. But, like, I mean, uh, it sucks to say it, but, yeah, JOK would be like – What's the thing that Ron Rivera has in all his defenses is a linebacker who excels in leadership, who's like who that's can, a shot caller and that runs a defense. And runs a defense. He had it with he had Luke Keekley in Carolina, and then and then he needs that in Washington. And JOK is that guy. Like he played at Notre Dame and he was the leader of that defense. He was probably he was one of the captains of the team. And so and the guy's just a freak. The guy's a monster. And so yeah, I think. You got to go with a, a a big. You fill in a big need on that defense that's already great, and so yeah, I think they'll take Urusu Karamoa as well. And now we move on to twenty with the Bears and holy hell, who the oh gosh, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is like a total blank for me. But um, 
I think this is where we see the first interior lineman go. Okay. And I think they take Alicia Vera Tucker out of USC. Um, I seen him play. That guy's pass rush is just crazy. It's it's crazy good. And what's the one thing that the Bears have always had is a great defense. Hold on, hold on. Elijah Vera Tucker's a old lineman. He's an old lineman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Elijah Vera Tucker. Okay, because Andy Dalton is everything. But, like, but like, oh, God, Elijah Vera Tucker. I was thinking of the other guy. My bad. I was thinking of freaking, uh, yeah, just Vera Tucker's a good. God damn it, I got confused now. Who the hell was I talking about then? Oh, well, yeah, well, Vera Tucker, now when I think about it, yeah, he's just he's just that push on the offensive line that every team needs, you know? And Andy Dalton's there now, but, like, I mean, it's just, like, question marks for the Bears. You lose Kyle Fuller, so now, like, is there a way I can change my pick? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to change my pick then. I don't think they take very – I think they're going to take um, – what's his name? Newsom. Okay. I think they'll take Greg Newsom then. Um, I think Greg Newsom is is a better – like, like the, now that I got confused about very tech, God damn it, man. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I think I think I like Greg Newsom a lot. Like I said, Greg Newsom is probably – was he's gained a lot of traction. He comes from a good program in Northwestern. Northwestern is a good program. Um, and so – Greg New- it was either Greg Newsom or Caleb Fairley that was getting a lot more traction. And I think Newsom has grained he he's gained a lot of attraction just like JC Horn. Um he has he, his press coverage is probably his best strength, is what a lot of people say. And Greg Newsom is really good for the Bears. Uh, I mean, like what else can you do for the Bears? Like nothing's going good for them. They're just like they're just like the Eagles. Yeah, and, and they're they're in this spot, like in the draft, to where they don't really have any needs. They're lining up for them here. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is a tough pick to make because, like, who do they take here? Like, yeah, like, like, like they need uh offensive line help, but on the outside, and they need a quarterback, but none of that is here. None of that is there. No, they don't have a tackle available. Like, mm-hmm. you can't turn Vera Tucker into a dang freaking gosh. I don't know. Like, it's just question marks. Like. Like I think the Bears are probably going to be one of the teams to try and try and try and try and try and trade up, but who the hell wants pick twenty? Yeah, that's like, true. Like, and how um, more would you trade for pick twenty? I have the same pick as you. I think they need to replace Fuller on that defense, so they take the best corner available. Because at this mm-hmm. point, they don't have any needs there. So you, I think you take the best team fit and what your team needs, which is a cornerback for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think um, that's the biggest need. Yeah. And now that brings up pick pick number twenty one, the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of the same thing for this team. There aren't really a lot of things here that, that they need to fill. This is a very solid team mm-hmm. that only got better because they traded for Carson Wentz. Yep. And I um, think again, this is your pick here. Yeah, and um, this is tough because, like, who do you, like I. I I think you be you either beef up the defense or you take a skill position, but there's no wide receiver here that I would take. I would mm-hmm. not take Bateman this high. Oh no, personally, I wouldn't either. Um, so for me, I have them taking uh, Quiddy Pay here from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to me, it's like take the edge rusher that that's a guarantee here. He, he's a guy from Michigan. Um. A lot of people say that he's a very high ceiling, and if he lands in the right team, 
which I think the Colts are that right team, then he can really, really pay off. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's always good to have more edge rushers. So it, even if if he's a guy who takes a role as as the as the 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 like pass rush guy, I think he can still make a big impact for this team that should be in the playoffs next year. Yeah, and then the if not, they'll be conti- They'll be like one of the biggest contending teams, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I have them taking Quiddy Pay too. Um, it, it just it's just help on the defense. They don't really have. They didn't really have a consistent pass rush last year. Granted, they had DeForest Bunkner get a lot of be a Pro Bowler last year for them. So I think Quiddy Pay would be a good fit, a perfect fit for them. And how else would you get? How else do you add a better? Make this team even more of a contender. You add somebody with the high ceiling, like like you just said. So, and he's it, it's just a pre, the the name of the school he played at Michigan. So, and it's a it, it's just the big name. You know, it's just the program. You know, the name and the conference that comes with it. And so, you know, they're probably ready for the big time. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think they take pay there. Then we move on to it'd be Tennessee at at twenty two at twenty two and like you said there's like like Tennessee's a it's like what is their position to need really and everything I think what they're gonna go with is I think they're gonna fill in the loss of Corey Davis and I think they're gonna take Condarius Tony the wide receiver from Florida. Okay. Um, he's he has great speed. He, the, his best strength is his speed. He kind of has a good height. He has big size to him as well. Um, I believe. Um, I just you lose Corey Davis, who was a big target for you last year. Um, so he's six feet tall. I mean, the guy is huge, <laughs> and he has great speed to him. So I think they'll take Kadarius Tony. I think he'll be a good fit for them. And you put him next to AJ Brown, and in an offense that's based on play action because of Derrick Henry and everything. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it just it, I would he he has slot slot talent is what everybody is saying, and he's everything, but he can be a good number two if anywhere. And then okay. what I to see. And um, at this point, I believe this is tough picking here, but I think the Titans probably just go best player available here. They are a, a team that's in the playoffs for the most part. Mm-hmm. And they should continue to compete. So I think they fill out depth and they take Zayvon Collins here, who's just like the best player on the board. Mm-hmm. He, he's a linebacker. Um, And honestly, you can never have enough linebackers because there's a good chance that that they do go through some injury concerns or someone falls off in terms of, uh, of like production. And if you're going to take who many saw as the best linebacker in, in college football last year here at pick 22. Like, why not take him? Um, he does come from a smaller school. I don't think that bothers. Uh, what's his name? The, the head coach, uh, for uh, like Mike Vrabel. Nick Mike Vrabel. Yep. And I don't think that bothers him as much. And I think getting a young linebacker that he can kind of like mentor can turn that he was a linebacker himself. I think this is their pick is uh, Zayvon Collins at 22. Zayvon Collins is a good player. It's just like, it's just Tennessee in a position to need, you know? Yeah. And it, it and Tennessee, you can pick anybody there, you know? And so, yeah. And they could be a good help. And then we move on to 23 with you. All right. And at 23, I think the Jets continue to build that O-line 
Elijah Vera Tucker at twenty at twenty three. Uh, he's the best interior offensive lineman left on the board. And at this point, you have Zach Wilson now. And the biggest problem with Sam Darnold there was that they had no protection and no coaching. He now has a coach who's a defensive minded coach. So assume the offensive coordinator will be the guy there. I don't know who that is. Um, I assume he comes from the Salah tree. So probably from San Francisco. And he probably wants an offensive lineman to help out Zach Wilson. So I think they take the best lineman available, which is Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Yeah, that's probably the best thing. And it's just that the interior of the offensive line um, is, I mean, you really, what can else can you help there? But I mean, <laughs> what else can you provide to your quarterback other than in the run game, you know? But I mean, it's the Jets. Like, the Jets need to protect Zach Wilson. You, mm-hmm. you. It's just like the the Bengals and everything. Like they messed up by protecting Joe Burrow, so you don't want to make that same mistake if you're the Jets and not protect Zach Wilson and give him the protection that he needs and deserves. You know, mm-hmm. and going with Elijah Vera Tucker, he's that push and emphasis in the offensive line and everything. And USC was a good. I don't. They were a good. They weren't a good running football team. To just put to say less, but. They were a good pass blocking team, and Elijah. That that's anybody that goes to USC will succeed at that, you know. And, and you have a pick twenty four here. Pick twenty four with the Pittsburgh Steve. Jesus man, um, twenty four. Oh, Jesus, Pittsburgh I think they would go. Oh man. I have them taking Najee Harris, running back out of Alabama. Okay. They just lost um, James Conner. James Conner. And how else do you replace them is with another running back, and you help out the offense. Now, granted, the uh, this team is just sailing. I, I don't know what to think of the Steelers, but adding Najee Harris makes their offense even better. So I think – I think the way you replace James Conner is by adding in another running back because their defense is already set. You can't add to their defense there. The offensive line is maybe you can go offensive line, maybe go interior line or maybe go offensive tackle, but there's not really that big of name there, you know? And yeah. I, think, I think that pop and emphasis is Najee Harris. And Najee Harris is, we saw it last year in, at Alabama and then even in the national, t- even in the, <laughs> what game was it where you hurled that? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, that was the like the the game against like Notre Dame, right? Yeah, the game against Notre Dame where he hurdled that guy, he almost scored a touchdown. So like, this guy is ridiculous. So you replace James Conner and you get Najee Harris, who's an even better back. So I, mm-hmm. I I I think Pittsburgh would go with Najee here. Okay, and so I do have him taking running back, but I have him taking uh, Travis Etienne here. Mmm, Travis Etienne, that's a good one too. Um, That's a good solid pick there for them. Yeah, I, I just think that w- what the Steelers need is a is a more is a better pass catcher from the backfield because that's where James Conner really lacked, and that's where they can really like excel with this offense is getting a guy back there that can pass catch. Not saying that that that, that Najee Harris can't, but I feel that um I I feel that the ETN is a better pass catcher from the from from the backfield but he's also a very very good running back like the, like they, they are 1a and like 1b as far as mm-hmm. running backs in the draft mm-hmm. and i think 24 i think you go with what fits your scheme better or what you think would help your team better and i think that's etn for the steelers 
Yeah, and uh, I would agree with you there. And it it, it it just what helps out your offense even more, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and for, um, and for me, I have. Oh no, you have pick twenty five. Yeah, yeah, that's my bad. Yeah, so I have twenty five. So th- this is the Jaguars who just took mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence at first overall. They still have a mm-hmm. ton of holes on this team, and um, here I pick twenty five. I feel like they can go a bunch of different ways. Um, there are no offensive line linemen that I would take here per se at twenty five. Maybe Alex Leatherwood, but I think that Urban Meyer wants to get another weapon here. So this is where I have Najee Harris going off the board. Mm. Is that pick twenty five to the Jaguars? While James Robinson looked great last year, he was a product of the Jaguars being very bad and having a very bad offense because they were constantly down. So mm-hmm. he would get about like eight catches a game and he would rush for like 100 yards a game. I don't think that'll happen next year. This will be a very different Jaguars offense with a brand new coaching staff. And I think um, Urban Meyer wants his own guys in there. So I think he will end up taking Trevor Lawrence and then Najee Harris here at at pick 25. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I have them also getting a weapon for Trevor Lawrence. But I think it's going to be Pat Faramuth from Penn State, the tight end. As a surprise, okay. Smith has been gaining some traction at tight end. He's he's been he's been moving up on draft boards for a lot of people. Um, I like him a lot. He's the guy is huge. This guy is humongous. It, it, it like how is this guy not <laughs> Pat Paramuth is just like they're saying there there's like been comparisons to him and Gronk, and it, and just like how good of a red zone target he could be. So. I just think you need to get weapons. Like you said, there's a big there's a big hole in this team, and the biggest hole to me in this team is the offense. So you gotta and Jacksonville hasn't had a good tight end in Lord knows how long. Um, but I think Freemuth is a, I don't know how to even pronounce that last name. It's just so weird. Um, but like I think he's the guy that that could help out Trevor Lawrence and be a good piece for him. And maybe and Trevor Lawrence likes throwing. He doesn't throw the ball deep a lot you know he likes throwing he likes throwing mids and throwing he has good he doesn't have that kind of deep ball accuracy but he has a good when he goes through the middle of the field and everything he has his accuracy is on point there so i think he's going to be a good safety cover for him and everything so i think they're going to take pat for him okay and help build him around them you know yeah mm-hmm. and then you have 26 here with the browns 26 with the browns this is where i have because I still have him on my board. I have Zaven Collins going to Cleveland. Okay. And adding another and being and being that player for them and being like a linebacker and being that main linebacker for them. Now it's a toss up between um like like you said at the linebacker court, it was it was always gonna be a toss up between him and um oh where's it? Him and J J O K. And the thing yeah. like you said, the strength of conference is the thing that separates J O K from him. And that's where I think that's what leads him to dropping down on the board. And Cleveland's like that a leader on the defense and everything. Like they don't have that main kind of like middle linebacker, you know, like I couldn't even name you as their starting backer. Um. Well, they did just sign Clowney, but he'll be an edge rusher. Yeah, but he'll be more they of a have uh, Miles Garrett on the edge as well. Mm-hmm. I want to say the Browns uh, – I. I know they have somebody back there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, they have like nobody there. Yeah, there's like really they, no one there. They took uh Mac Wilson the first or second round last yeah. year, I know, but yeah, there's I really mean... yeah, and so I think they'll take Zayvon Collins, build their defense even, make their defense even better, and make them even more competitive. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll go with that. Okay, and um, so for me, I think they continue to build up the interior of the off- of the defensive line. So they take Christian Barmore, mm. the best player left available on my draft board. Um, everyone says he's the best like interior defensive lineman in this class, and like this dude, like like he was a, a beast at Bama. He anchored that defense from the like like from the front. And he's like one of the younger guys in this draft too. He's a redshirt sophomore, so he did his like his minimum three years at Bama, and then came out. And I feel like he can have a solid ten year run with whichever team ends up pick, picking him. In this instance, is the Browns, and I think he will be put in a position to to succeed there and get and, and to free up uh and to free up like rushing lanes for these guys like Clowney and Miles Garrett. So I have mm-hmm. Christian Barmore going at twenty six to the mm-hmm. Browns. Yeah, and and Barmore is a good fit because they just lost Sheldon Richardson and uh, Ogan Joby. So I mean, I see that fit. It's a good fit for the Browns. Either way, like the Browns just need help defensively. Their offense is already set, especially with everything they got and their targets and everything. So I think it's a good pick picking Barmore there as well. Um, uh, next up, we are at the Ravens, which is my pick, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's your pick, 27, yeah. You have the odds, I have the evens. Okay, and so this is a bit of a tough one because, like, we don't really know where the Ravens are at here. Like, mm-hmm. are, like they're a very weird team in, 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 the, in the sense that that we know what they are, and they're still a very good team due to, due to a strong defense and a solid running game, but... What do they do with Lamar Jackson, that offense? Do mm-hmm. you decide to go receiver here with potentially like Rashad Bateman? But mm-hmm. will he even be a factor in his offense? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. let's they face it, like they don't they throw the ball a lot. I I believe that they go when they take the best offensive lineman available and Alex uh, Leatherwood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Leatherwood, yeah. Uh, they just traded their their offensive tackle Orlando Brown, I believe, mm-hmm. and Ronnie Stanley is hurt. He will most likely miss the next season as well. So it doesn't bode well for their offense to to lose both starting tackles. So I think they take uh, Alex Leatherwood here. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way you, yeah, the way you just fix the they fill the needs. You know, receivers a big need for this team because I mean Marquis. Brown and those guys aren't big number one targets, you know, but then you look at the other receivers available and like, you don't know what you're going to get out of Bateman or out of um, Terrence Marshall from LSU. Um, But yeah, I agree with you. I think they'll take Alex Leatherwood, help protect Lamar Jackson. The offensive, the offensive line is probably one of their big, was a big weakness because of the injuries they had last year. And then not only that, they just, you just said it, they traded their best offensive line in, in Orlando Brown last year. This year, I mean, and for a draft pick. So, I mean, it, it it's a good fill, and it's it's the way to fill the need in the offense, the big hole in the offensive line, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we move on to my favorite pick, pick 28. The best team in the earth. <laughs> screwed. Um, I have them taking 
Christian Barmore out of Alabama because he's there available and he's the best damn interior defensive lineman in this draft. Um, <laughs> um, I have him there. Um, but um, it, it's just like I know receivers a big need for this team and everything to help out Michael Thomas. But, I mean, this is a team with the new quarterback now with Jameis Winston at the helm. So, like, the offense is probably going to open up even more now. And so um, I like the the defense is just the biggest weakness in this team. They've never had a good off interior defensive lineman. And I think Christian Barmore could be that fill in this team. And so if he's there at 28, I don't think the Saints will pass up on him. I think they're looking at Terrence Marshall as well from LSU. I think he's going to be he, he's going to be he could be he could be a good pick here. Um, but other than that, other than the big needs of help for the Saints, interior defensive line, cornerback and wide receiver and the field, the need is right there with Christian Barmore, especially that they just lost Sheldon Rankins this year as well. So. Mm-hmm. So it's a good feel. Yeah. And so real quick, do the Saints run a three, four or a four, three? They run a four, three defense. Okay, so running a four three, my pick is Aziz Ojulari. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the best four three line, uh, edge rusher left on the board here. They lost uh, Trey Trey uh, Trey Hendrickson Hendrickson this year, mm-hmm. along with cutting a lot of defender uh, of defensive players as well and losing a lot of guys. So I think you go and you uh, replace Trey there, and you get this guy to fill in here at pick number twenty eight. Maybe you'll see him as a starting as a starting linebacker in this league. Who won't need much time to like develop, mm-hmm. um, and he can play three, four, or four, three. I Many see him as an off-ball four-three uh, linebacker, but you can maybe see him at defensive end potentially. And he has the potential to fill out there. He's six-three, two forty, so he could add on some, some <laughs> weight. And mm-hmm. he's already used to playing in the South. He's a yes, he's a SEC guy. So, mm-hmm. um, like 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 all these data picks, I feel like it's just what helps the team, like. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like straight away, like from that pick, like what helps them the most? Mm-hmm. And, and I think contend even better. Yeah, and I think they need a, another edge rusher to kind of fill that spot of like Trey Hendrickson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And now one to twenty nine with you. And here at pick number twenty nine is the Green Bay Packers, my new team, <laughs> the best team in the in the <laughs> NFC. <laughs> Um. So, after all the talk th- last off season, and into this off season as well, um, everyone knows that the Green Bay Packers notoriously don't draft skilled players in the first round. Mm-hmm. Since Aaron Rodgers was drafted in two thousand and nine, the Packers have not taken a skilled player in the first round, <laughs> and that will change this year when they take Rashad Bateman mm-hmm. here at. Number twenty nine overall. He's the best receiver left on the board. It was either him or Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. Elijah Moore five nine one eighty five. I don't think he's the guy that will help this team out the most. Mm-hmm. I think Bateman is that guy six one one ninety. He'll probably hit up to two hundred pounds maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy from uh like Minnesota, so he can he already plays in that cold weather. He knows what it's like to catch balls to to run it. And offense when it's cold like that, mm-hmm. and I think he can develop behind a solid, probably the best receiver in the league, and uh, Devonte Adams, and mm-hmm. he'll have other guys there as well, such as Alan Lazard and like Robert Tanyan. So 
I think Bateman is a, is a strong pick here. They give Aaron Rodgers another weapon. Um, I don't expect him to come on early, but maybe later on in the year once he's comfortable in the offense, once Aaron Rodgers has more trust in him, I think he will be a solid pick for the Packers here. Um, I think the Packers will take Aziz Oglari from Georgia because he's the best available there. Um, the Packers have lagged on defensively on edge rush. They they need help defensively um, in pass rush situation. Preston Smith has been their best like kind of like pass rusher and everything. And I think, like you said, he's the best for he's the best kind of like edge rusher available and everything. He can play in a four three and everything. So um, I just like you explained to us and everything. <laughs> so I think they'll take him out of. I think they'll take Ojari out of out of Georgia. He's a good edge rusher. They need another. He can come out of the two-point of the three-point stance, which is a big strength in every team. And he has reactive athleticism. So it, it's, it's it's good quickness and good effort in the team, and I think the Packers need that. I'd love to see them help out Aaron Rodgers, but it's just I don't know if you can pass up on Ojari. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. All right, last three picks here. Is your pick here at number 30? Mm-hmm. My pick at 30. Oh, man, it's the Bills here. And I think they take Rashad Bateman. Okay. Yeah, and I think they take Rashad Bateman to help out Josh Allen, give him more targets along with Stephon Diggs. And then you can side, you can now slide Cole Beasley to be your natural slot. So Rashad Bateman gives you that height, that emphasis in the team, and, and gives you – a wide receiver out of Min- like and he, like you said he's from Minnesota he knows the cold he knows how to get used to it and everything and you're going to Buffalo which is not even that far which is in New York so like um and not only that it makes their team even better because he can fill in the, either in that slot target or it be even be on the outside so um he makes their team even better makes their offense more versatile and I think Rashad Bateman is a good fill for the Bills here okay um so this is a really weird pick because they aren't – I mean, this is essentially a like, second-round pick, and you take the best player available here mm-hmm. if you don't see anyone that can fill the need that you need to fill right away. Um, I think they – so this is tough, but I think they do take a receiver. But for me, since Bateman is off my board, I have them taking – Kadarius Tony here from Florida. He's he's a guy that went earlier in in, in your draft in, in your mock already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went a guy that's a, a guy that's six foot. Um, he can potentially be that complementary piece to Stephon Diggs that Josh Allen needs. They don't have a like electric tight end here per se, so I think they take the best available kind of like. The the best available skill guy, which I I I would say is like Kadarius Tony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's one of the best available skill guys. Uh, now we move on to thirty one, which is the Ravens after the trade with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so they need edge rushers and safeties. Mm-hmm. And those are the two top guys left on my board, and Joe Tryon from Washington, and then. Tri- and Trevon Morig from TCU. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I want to say that they go edge rusher because that's where they lacked at. They couldn't get pressure on a team unless they were playing the Texans. <laughs> <laughs> and 
with the strong offensive lines that are already built up in Cleveland, in Pittsburgh, and that is starting to form in Cincinnati. You need the the weapons on the opposite side. So I think Joe Tryon goes here to the Ravens, gives him a guy to help beef up that defense, whether he's a guy who's playing on third downs or he's playing first and second downs. Assuming he would help this Ravens team, that's all that you really want is someone to go in and just kind of play some downs and hopefully make an impact when he does get on the field. Because most of these guys here in the later first round, especially for these championship teams, these teams that are in the last like six to seven picks, like you, you don't necessarily think that these guys will be starters at first. But mm-hmm. if he can give them some kind of like substantial snaps off the bench, he can maybe be a solid pick here. Mm-hmm. And you talked about instant impact, right? Mm-hmm. My pick is Gregory Wassau out of Miami. Mm. Yep. A man who in 2019 had 18, 15 and a half sacks and 19 and a half tackles for loss. Now that's an impact player from the get-go. That was in 2019. Granted, he opted out of this season and didn't play. So um, it's still an eye-popping pick. I think the Ravens won't pass up on him. They need help edge rushing, especially that they lost. Um, what's his name? That left to New England. Um, oh, gosh. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Oh, I forgot. Matthew Judon, especially that they lost Judon to the Patriots. So I think Russ Howe is how you address it. He's He was a projected. If he would have played this year, he'd probably be a top 10 pick. I believe he's that talented. And um, he's fast off the edge. He, Like I said, in 2019, he had 15 and a half sacks. Like, that's just outrageous from a player. So, um. So it's evident you just got to be patient with the and be patient with development. And then there you go. What other pick is better to be patient with development is in late is in the late first round. And it's at pick 31. And that brings us to the last pick of the draft. Pick the last pick of the first round. All right. Oh, yeah. First round. Not the the draft. Champions take Max Duffy, punter, punter out of Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> no I'm kidding I had them taking Travis Etienne out of Clemson okay Travis Etienne out of Clemson the best available make your offense even more potent make your offense even more better who else but Travis Etienne to make it Leonard Fournette was not the guy last year the guy was just like they really their offense was just like alright which receivers are we throwing to and how are we going to run the ball now you address how you're going to run the ball because you have a guy in Travis Etienne who can run the ball, who can catch the ball out of the backfield, make your offense even more better, especially when you're a Super Bowl contender. It's just like last year. It's just like last year's first round pick with um, Kansas City adding um, uh, what's his name? Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So Travis Etienne is the same is. Think it's just, I think Travis Etienne is better than him, and I don't think Tampa's going to pass up on the opportunity to draft Travis Etienne here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, on my board, he's already gone, mm-hmm. so I think the Bucks should take the best, the best available player here, which is uh Trevon Morig for me. Um, mm-hmm. he is the probably the, the best safety in this draft, just because there are no other safeties who are worthy of being taken the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can never have too many safeties. I feel like at this point, like this is pretty much a, like for anyone who's mocking this pick, 
this is like throwing a dart, like 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 at a dartboard, yeah, and you don't know where it's gonna land. And just pick whoever it lands on. <laughs> yeah, and um, I think this ends up being Mo Rig because you can never have too many safeties or too many like DBs in this pass happy league when guys are throwing for five hundred yards a game. Mm-hmm. So I think you shore up the the defensive backfield, and you just take the best player available there. Mm-hmm. So that's where I have the Buccaneers taking is. Mm-hmm. Mo Rig, and that is my last pick in this draft. Yep, and that's my last pick in the draft, too. I just, like, how lucky are the fucking Buccaneers just to have Travis Etienne fall to them at their feet at 32? Like, come on. Huh. Uh. All right, and uh, that is our 32-pick mock draft for the mm-hmm. first round of the, of the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. If y'all do not know where to watch the NFL draft, you can watch it online or on ESPN as well. They will, it will be streaming there. As well as ABC. As well yes. As ABC. And most likely NFL Network as well. It is yep. Thursday night, the first round, and it'll be the second and third round on Friday night, and then the mm-hmm. fourth to the seventh on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So that's if y'all want to watch the draft. A lot of people do like the first round. It's very. It's I very. Mean, it, everybody. Like, all you see are, are just clips of, of players in college, and then you hear experts with with air quotes. Mm-hmm. Talk about how they're gonna fit in, into the NFL. So, um, <laughs> this is a long one, but this is essentially two mock drafts going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back at it, I, I I I like where where my guys ended up. Mm-hmm. The guy who I would say fell the most for me personally is probably Kyle Pitts falling to the Cowboys at ten. Um, do you have anyone else on on your side who you, you um, think probably fell too far, maybe? Uh, the guy I feel that fell too far for me was Micah Parsons. Okay. With him falling to 15. Um, also, Caleb Fairley. But, I mean, they both went back-to-back on each other. But, like, I think Micah Parsons could go to any other team. Like, maybe just like any just like any of these other teams if they weren't so heavy on offense. Like, he could have fit. He would have been a phenomenal fit with um, San Francisco or Atlanta or even in Cincinnati, but, like, they're just so – they just need help. Even Detroit, he'd be a good fit in. Like, these teams just need so much help offensively that you just, like, skip over a guy like Michael Parsons, you know? And yeah. So it, it's – and it just sucks to see, like, all these defensive guys just fall into, like, the – like, what would be considered the lottery in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so – if anyone out there wants to do a mock draft, we use the draftnetwork.com. There is a mock draft uh, like simulator on there that you can use to pick for any team mm-hmm. or to pick out an entire round. It also gives um, you like, breakdowns on the players and everything and who they are and whatnot. Yeah, which is really good. They also have their own rankings on here. I don't necessarily agree with it once it gets past like 15 or so. That's when it kind of comes to what your preference is and who you read about mm-hmm. and who you study up on. Um mm-hmm. So if I want to make a, a, a mock draft, this is a pretty good website to use. It's very easy to use. Uh, a, a, everything is right there in front of you. Um, any parting words for anybody out there for you? Uh, any parting words? Um, uh, it just – I'd like to say this. To those of you who supported the Super League, y'all can suck a fat one. Because <laughs> the Super League is not good for football, it kills football, and it kills everything that football is grown on. Like I get y'all, football. Want to, yes, 
Yes, that football. Like, I get y'all want to see the best against the best every single week and everything, but it just, there's just so many other aspects going into it and everything. That basically, if I talk about it, it'd be a whole nother hour of this podcast, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's just the basis of it. Just really good. Just, it's just like, it's, it's a complete money grab, and I don't know how people didn't see that happening. Yeah. And um, as far as for me, I don't have many parting words. Uh, today um mm-hmm. expect us to be back soon mm-hmm. uh, we are finishing up school so that does take the priority to our podcast yep so once school is done we will probably be hopping back on here much more frequently and assuming that after wrestlemania backlash in a, in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. we should get a w- wwe draft so hopefully that does happen soon mm-hmm. and we can then talk about that and potentially moving forward talk about future storylines for how guys shake up on the on the card and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That'll be great to talk about. Yeah. So with that, this will be the end of this very special episode of the A to Z podcast. I am your co-host, Freddie Inferno, the A. And I am the other half of this phenomenal podcast. I am the Z of this podcast. I am Kevin Zambrano, a.k.a. ESPN Zambrano. And with that, y'all know where to find us already. Y'all been listening to yeah. us. Oh yeah, for long um, enough. <laughs> and with y'all that, already know y'all, y'all fine, bro. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, and we out. Mm-hmm.